You are listening to The Ingenious Podcast, where God's Word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by The Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory. In the name of Jesus, the Son of God, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So this evening we are going to the phase two of our journey upwards and we are talking about embracing the uncommon embracing the uncommon for the first phase what we were looking at was our journey upwards we're looking at our journey upwards and we're just looking at some of the basic things that we should consider in our journey upwards. And in this phase, we are going to talk about embracing the uncommon. You see, there is, there is the claim of Christianity. And I don't know if you know the claim of Christianity. There are a lot of believers that don't know why Christianity is unique. It's not just about Christianity, it's about the Christian life, the uniqueness of the Christian life. One of the things I want us to take away is that our journey upwards is a call to live an uncommon life. The journey upwards is a call to live an uncommon life. If you and I don't understand it in that sense, we are going to wrestle with a lot of things that the Bible requires of us. And so our starting scripture is actually from 1 Timothy chapter 6. In this phase, we are going to look at the uncommonness of the Godhead and in thinking about the uncommonness of the Godhead, we are going to explore um, the uncommonness of the Father, the uncommonness of his Son, and the uncommonness of his Spirit. Thereafter, in the subsequent episodes, we'll be considering, we'll be considering the uncommon lifestyles that we've been called to live because of who we have decided to follow. Um, so I'm going to read the scripture, First Timothy chapter 6. Then we are going to start our conversation. I'm going to read from verse 11 downwards. It says that, but as for you, O man of God, flee these things. I'm reading from the ESV. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you have been made and to which you were called and about which you were and to which what am I reading? 
and to which made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ, who is in his testimony before Pontius Pilate, made a good confession, to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings, Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Um, I want us to read it from the Amplified. If we can get the Amplified. Read it from the Amplified also. First Timothy chapter 6. No God is an awesome God. The Amplified sees this. Verse 11. But as for you, O man of God, flee from these things, aim at and pursue righteousness, true goodness, moral conformity to the character of God, godliness, the fear of God, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith in the conflict with evil. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things. So we are talking about the uncommon embracing the uncommon and today's focus is going to be the uncommon god the uncommon god i solemnly charge you in the presence of god who gives light to all things and in the presence of christ jesus who made the good confession in his testimony before pontius pilate to keep all his precept without stain or reproach until the appearing of the lord jesus christ which, which he will bring about in his own time, he who is the blessed and only sovereign, the absolute ruler, the king of those who reign as kings and the lord of those who rule as lords. He, po he alone possesses immortality, absolute exemption from death, and lives in unapproachable light. Whom no man has seen, whom no man has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal power and dominion. Amen. In this presentation, we see that the man of God is called upon. To embrace some things that are not natural to man.
and here he is supposed to flee from greed greed for money sexual lust and all other things that man desires and he is asked to embrace a certain life where the apostle paul calls to pursue righteousness godliness faith love steadfast steadfastness gentleness and you realize that and he, and he says in verse 30 that he said that fight the good fight of faith what the man of god and for you and i who are believers this writing to us as believers the demand of scripture the demand of god for our lives is to live a life that is alien to us a life without greed a life without envy a life that expresses faith in god faith in his ability faith in his name a life that showcases love in its entirety how are we going to do this it is it, the call this call is a call to live an uncommon life so today i'm going to just try and break down the um, what the bible calls uncommon and what is common now this god we are told in the scripture is that um, we are talking about the uncommonness of god now that this god according to the scripture is the one through whom all things were made he's the creator of all things and he says that he is the only blessed and only sovereign this is this is how god is described the only blessed and only sovereign the king of kings and lord of lords who alone has immortality god alone has immortality now if you think about it in its proper sense you realize that I don't know about animals but i'm talking about human life and the life of spirit beings you realize that human life does not end you see whether you die or whether you live till christ comes you will live an everlasting life you will never die you will live an undying life the only question is how you're going to spend your undying life but we are being told that the reason why we have an undying life is because of the one who created us he is the only immortal so he is the only one who possesses the knowledge of immortality he is the only one that possesses the knowledge to make us live forever and in his design of human life and spirit life he demonstrated this knowledge 
because that is what he is and who he is. He is immortal. And we are told that he dwells in unapproachable light. And because of where he dwells, he says that no man has seen him before. Save the son. <laughs> Only the son. So we talk about the uniqueness of the son also. We are right now, we are focusing on the uncommonness of the Godhead. The one that we profess our faith in. Who is he? What is he? We are also told that To this God be honor and eternal dominion. So this is how the apostle introduces God. But is this idea common? What has been the description of this God since creation? What has been the idea of this God since creation? Now, why are we talking about the uncommonness of our God? Well, because there are so many other gods, believe it or not. There are so many other gods who are capable of doing so many things. And if you find out, you realize that your Christian belief is not the only unique belief in the world. Other people believe in other spirits. Other people call other beings gods. So why should they leave their God and follow your God? That's the question we are trying to answer tonight. In the Bible, when we think about the concept of common and commonness, it, it literally talks about holiness. So let me, let me just take us through how the word common has been used in the Bible. I'm just interested in particular uses. There are about 10, um, there are over 10 ways that common has been used in the Bible, but I'm just going to focus on the ones that try and speaks to the point I'm making. So, when we look into the dictionary, we find that the word has been used in this form. It has been used 142 times, and the word is halal. Halal. That is C H A L A L. Halal. It means to wound or to war. But figuratively, it means to profane, to profane a thing, a place, or a person. The root word, which is what I am looking for, the root word 
did not to be weak, to be sick, to be afflicted, or to grieve or to make sick. It is spelled C-H-A-L-A-H. The A has an accent on it, like a, I don't know how to call it. A raise to the power accent on the A's. So it means to grieve, to make sick, to be weak. That is one form it has been used, halal. Another form that I want to speak to you about is called the Ma'are, Ma'are, the Ma'are is the nude place. The Ma'are is spelled M A M A apostrophe A with an uh, an accent, inverted accent, like the halal R E H. It means the nude place, the naked place, the nude place. That is common, right? An exposed place, if you think of it in that sense. The other one I'm drawing attention to is I'm going to read a verse. This one, I'm trying to pick it in context of a verse. I'm going to pick an Old Testament verse, then I'll pick a New Testament verse. So the halal is used in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 5. The halal is used in Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 5. It says that you, thou shalt yet plant vines upon the mountains of Samaria, and the planters shall plant, and they shall eat them as common things. Common things. When we look at the word common, we are going to find the word common in the Bible, but we are never going to find the word uncommon in the Bible. So in order to understand why we should embrace the uncommon, we have to understand how common has been used in the Bible. And so I talked to you about the halal and the mahare. The halal is when something is defective sickly and uh, 
the the halal is to profane a thing that is figuratively speaking to profane a thing a place or a person that is to profane means to desecrate in in that sense to defile then the mahare means for something to be described as sickly um sickly or defective <coughs> the another definition of the mare is the nude place or the the naked place if i wish you put it in another sense the nude place or the the naked place in, in that sense it is a causative term it means to make nude or cause somebody to be nude or cause somebody to be empty or cause somebody to be naked then there is this one called koinon koinon k-o-i-n-o-o koinon i'm just picking the ones that are relevant to our discussion and that one means also to make profane that is ceremonially or to defile or to pollute or to make unclean and that is what it means to be made common so whenever you read in a bible especially when it comes to the Leviticus scriptures and you say that this person you will be unclean they are usually talking about koino if you are a woman and you have your period and you go and you enter into the the tabernacle you are koino you are unclean so you'll be stoned to death <laughs> Jesus if you touch a dead body you will be unclean in fact if you are if you're a lady and you have your period you have to be you have to be taken away that so that for seven days you can be after your period you have to be washed seven seven days before you can be pronounced clean if you touch a dead body you have to be washed seven days before you be you become clean so whenever the bible is talking about common it is one talking about being exposed that is being naked being defective 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 in the sense that you are sickly or you are diseased or in another sense when you die a violent death as as we read in numbers chapter 16 then it also denotes in the new testament the sharing of things of properties and all that believed Acts chapter 244 all that believed they came together and had all things in common they ate the same food 
shared the same properties, shared the same songs, shared <coughs> they shared. But the one I am interested in in the New Testament is Acts chapter 10, verse 15. Can we put Acts chapter 10, verse 15 there? In Acts chapter 10, verse 15, going into Acts chapter 11, the apostle Peter is going to have an experience. And in this experience, he's going to see a vision. And in the vision, he's going to see a large cloth. The Bible says that it is it was held in the four corners. And it had what the Jews described as unclean animals in it. Every unclean animal that you will see, you could find it in that thing coming down. And the command to Peter was rise, kill, and eat. Then Peter said that, can I eat these unclean things? <laughs> and the Bible says that the voice came three times with the same command, rise, kill, and eat. But then he says that, Lord, I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God has cleansed, thou call not common. What God has cleansed, you should not call common. That was what the voice said. Peter, rise, kill and eat. And he said, I don't eat unclean things. So I want you to have Acts chapter 10, verse 15, verse, I mean, from verse 11 to 15 or 16 there about in your mind, as we are reading. We are talking now about the uncommon God. So you realize that any time that the Bible talks about anything that is common, the thing is sickly, that is, it is defective, it is diseased it has a blight on it it also signifies that the thing is exposed exposed in the sense that it is naked it is naked when something is naked we we assign or assert shame to it so we try to cover everything that is naked when we are naked we try to cover ourselves so we know that nakedness is is symbolic of shame so anything tied to shame or not worthy to look upon is called common then there is also that idea of uncleanness 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 that is ceremonially it can be a person a place or a thing and that is coinos and that is what we want to talk about this evening god is uncommon so when we say god is uncommon then what we are literally saying is that god is not defective god is not sickly god is not feeble 
God is not weak. God is not naked. God is not unclean. So when we say our God, the uniqueness of this God that Christians profess is that our God is another sense holy. 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 So our God is holy. So when we talk about the uncommonness of God, we are basically talking about the holy nature of God. In other sense, anytime you hear the word holy, you should not think about sin. Holiness is a state of being. Holiness has nothing to do with actions or decisions or or, um, I mean transgressions like things like that. Holiness is a state of being. And that state of being is only resident in God. He is the only one that possesses that nature. And so for anybody to be called holy, it will only take God to make a person holy. And that holiness is is conferred on you. It is not something you can earn. You cannot work to be holy. Not sinning does not make you holy. Case in point. We will call in our time smoking sin, right? Some people think that smoking is sin. So we see anybody smoking, we say this person is sin. Okay. So the person sinned. And because the person has sinned, the person is not holy. That is usually how we think of it in our Christian times. But when we read the Bible, especially when we read the book of Leviticus, concerning the things that are in the temple, they will tell you that the things that in the te- that are in the temple, they are holy. The spoon in the temple is holy. The utensil in the temple is holy. The shield in the temple is holy. So the question I ask is, what did the spoon do to become holy? What did the shield do to become holy? In fact, the Bible says in Exodus chapter 3 that when God appeared to Moses, he told Moses that take your sandals off because the ground that you are standing on, it's a holy ground. So the question I ask is what did the ground do to merit holiness? So you realize that any time that we are talking about holiness in the Bible, and that is literally what we are going to be talking about by saying embracing the uncommon life. It's because God appeared in that place. And when God appeared in that place, God said that because I have come to this particular space, I have declared this space holy. And because I have declared it holy, nobody can call it unholy. So holiness is conferred. It cannot be earned. It can only be conferred. It's a gift that God gives us. And holiness is conferred because of who God is. God is holy. God is uncommon. In the, 
that many people worship many gods when you go to other religions they describe their god our god is this our god is that but when we describe the god of the christians you realize that the god of the christians he is so unique that uh, <laughs> they try they try to cause us not to believe that he is real for instance if you look at greek mythology and we are talking about the nature or the source of zeus and Ares and all those other gods that appear in greek mythology you realize that they all have a father and a mother who gave birth to them zeus is the son of thanos when you go to the hindu religion they have all manner of gods some somebody gave birth to somebody shiva and all those people they are creations of other beings but the god of the christian he was not created by any other being in fact we don't even know where he is we all the only thing we know is what paul says in first Timothy chapter 6 that he dwells in light unapproachable no one has ever seen him the gods of the other region uh, we, we have other religions we have seen we've heard of them some of them they are described as fearsome some of them are described as holding lightnings some of them are described as so many things so what i want us to do is i want us to read a couple of scriptures about this god that you and i have chosen to follow how this god describes himself we're going to start i'm going to start from one of my favorite books in thinking about this that's the book of isaiah in isaiah 45 verses 5 and 6 the lord says that i am the lord this is god and there is no other besides me there is no god this is how god describes himself he said that i will gird you though you have not known me that men may know from the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun from the rising to the setting of the sun that there is no one besides me i am the lord and there is no other there's no one else this is how our god describes himself deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 35 says that to you it was shown that you might know that the lord he is god there is no one besides him deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 35 chapter 6 verse 4 which is a very popular one says that hear o israel the lord is our god the lord is one hear o israel deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 hear o israel the lord is our god the lord is one so great is this god that um he says in deuteronomy chapter 32 that for i proclaim the name of the law ascribe greatness to our god ascribe greatness to our god 
in first kings chapter 8 verse 60 first kings chapter 8 verse 60 say that so that all peoples of the earth may know that the lord is god there is no one else there is no one else psalm 83 verse 18 says that that they may know that you alone whose name is the lord are the most high over all the earth psalm 86 verse 10 says that for you are great and do wondrous deeds you alone are god you alone are god psalm 86 verse 10 Isaiah 43 verses 10 to 11 says that you are my witness declares the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he before me there was no God formed and there will be none after me I even I am the Lord and there is no savior besides me Isaiah 43 verses 10 and 11. Isaiah 43 verses 10 and 11. You are my witnesses. You listening to me, you are my witnesses, says the Lord. And my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. I, even I, am the Lord. And there is no savior besides me. Hmm. Powerful. Isaiah 44 verses 6 to 8. This is what he says. Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. I am the first and I am the last. And there is no God besides me. Who is like me? Let him proclaim and declare it. Yes, let him recount it to me in order. From the time that I established the ancient nation, and let them declare to them the things that are coming and the events that are going to take place. Do not tremble and do not be afraid. Have I not long have I not long since announced it to you and declared it to you? And you are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? Or is there any other rock I know of none? <laughs> this is the God you and I are serving. Isaiah 45, 18. For thus says the Lord who created the heavens. He is the God who formed the earth and made it. He established it and did not create it a waste place, but formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no one else. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 18. To whom then would you liken God? Or what likeness would you compare him? To whom? Verse 19 says that, As for the idol, a craftsman cast it, 
a goldsmith pleats it with gold, and a silversmith fashions chains of silver. Verse 20 says that he who is too impoverished for such an offering selects a tree that does not rot. He seeks out for himself a skillful craftsman to prepare an idol that will not totter. <laughs> oh, I love this man. I love this man. I love this man. Isaiah 40, verse 20, 25, and 26 says, To whom then will you liken me, that I should be his equal? Seize the Holy One, lift up your eyes on high, and see who has created these stars, the one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name. <laughs> because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power not one of them is missing why am i reading all these scriptures to you because you see ever since that you become a christian you've heard that god is powerful god is almighty god is omniscient god is all that but the question is have you taken time to investigate how unique your God is as a Christian. Now, if you believed in the revelation of Isaiah, and if you believe that the words that he was hearing is the word that God spoke to him as a prophet, then you understand that even God understands that he is unique. The man says that before me there is no one, after me there is no one. Like, when it comes to my class, you can't compare me to any being. I am the only comparative being in my class. That is the kind of God you and I are serving. All the other gods that we know, one is an elephant. <laughs> one is, a, a, is an elephant with a lion's tail. These are all creativity of men <laughs> elephant god <laughs> ah, but our god is not an elephant god our god is described as the creator of all things he says that because of the greatness of his power all these stars that he calls each one of them by name none of them are missing can you imagine? In fact, in the New Testament, Jesus said something about this God. He said that he knows the number of hair, that is the hair strands on our hair. And he, 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 he knows it each by its name, like the strands. If you name it B1, B2, B3, he, he knows how many strands there are on our hair. Which of the gods? Zeus, Kra, So, Exodus chapter 15 verse 11 says this. <laughs> Who is like you among the gods? So, I want you to understand that there are other gods. There are other gods. So, he says that, Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, 
awesome in praises. We know it. Working wonders. Among the gods, among the gods. We sing it. Who is like Glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. Hallelujah. So that is Exodus chapter 15, verse 11. There is no God like our God, even among the gods. I, I, Psalm 135, verses 5 and 6 says this For I know that the Lord is great. And that our Lord is above all gods. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does. In heaven and in the earth, in the seas and in all the deep. Wow. When you look at the other gods, you realize that they can only function on certain planes. Zeus rules over the heavens and over the clouds. Poseidon rings in the waters. Uh, our own, we call them Mamu Water, Papa Water, <laughs> Insu Nyame, uh, Obotan Nyame. If you take the God of the forest and you bring him to the to the sea, the God of the forest will, will cease to function because he cannot function in the sea because his own is the God of the forest. Antwapra, if you remove him from Antwa and bring him to Pra, he cannot function. But this our God, he can function in the heaven, he can function in the earth, he can function underneath the earth, he can even function in the waters because he created them all. This is the God that the Christian has reposed his trust in. If you say I trust God, this is the God we are talking about. We are not talking about the God who is only limited to working in the heavens. We are talking about the God who created all things, the God that works in all dimensions. He is the source of all the dimensions. We are talking about the God that is able to make a life and also to take away life. In fact, he calls all the other gods as gods. He calls them powerless. Because compared to what he is, they dare not even raise their voice. So in Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 5 and 6, this is this is how God describes the other gods. He says that like a scarecrow in a cucumber field, they are they. Somebody post it for me. Yes. Their idols are like pillars of turned work, as upright and stationary, immobile as a palm tree. Like scarecrows in a cucumber field, they cannot speak. They have to be carried, for they cannot walk. They don't, do not be afraid of them. For they cannot do evil, neither is it possible for them to do good. And it is not in them. None at all is like you, O Lord. You are great. And your and, and your name is great in might. 
You see, God knows who he is. And that is why in the journey upwards, you have to know this God. The one you are claiming you trust. You have to know him. You have to know who he is. You have to know what he is capable of doing. What he is, is he is uncommon. He, he is in a class of his own. When we talk about unique, God is the description of the word unique. If we talk about bespoke, God is the description of the word bespoke. If we talk about the only one in existence, God is the description of the only one in existence. All other ones in existence, they are frauds. So this God, who is the Father, time is gone. Maybe in the next next Tuesday we are going to talk about the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. So this this one is about the Father. <laughs> so when you say you I, I you have a Father, oh my Father in heaven, this is the God you are talking about my father in heaven this 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 god is the one you are calling your father in heaven first kings chapter 8 verse 23 said oh lord the god of israel there is no one like you in heaven above or on the earth beneath keeping covenant and showing loving kindness to your servants who walk before you with all their hearts. Wow. He keeps covenant. He shows loving kindness to those of us who have committed our lives to him. How can you say that I believe in God and all I'm suffering so much in life? It's not possible. You can go through suffering, but you, you are not suffering all throughout your life. He's just working something out that you have not yet seen. So in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 4, this is what we are told to do. Do not turn to idols or make for yourself molten gods. Because the great one, the Elion, the one that is seated in the highest, your father, he is the only God. So don't don't make don't don't bow to the water, don't bow to the stone, don't bow to the elephant in the room, don't bow to the thing that the the, the carpenter carved. Don't don't do that. They are gods. Yes, they are gods. But they are not like our God. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 18 says this. What profit is the idol when its maker has carved it? What profit is the idol when its maker has carved it? 
or an image, a teacher of falsehood. For its maker trusts in his own handiwork when he fashions a speechless idols. Ah! Our God, no human being can claim that I have, I have created him, I have put him in a corner. If I don't give him snap, he will not perform. If I don't give him good, he will not perform. <laughs> nah, God is not like that. That is how unique our God is. That is how awesome. It, it, you know, today all I've done is I've just read you scriptures. Because sometimes we don't understand who our God is. Now, uh, this now most of the scriptures that I have I have read to you is how God is describing Himself to His prophet. But a lot of people we claim that we are Christians, but when they ask you to describe the God that you believe you don't even know what to say because you haven't taken time to understand how uncommon he is his hands are uncommon <laughs> when when our god stretches his hand Strange things happen. I'm going to read a scripture from Habakkuk. Trying to open it up from my Bible. Habakkuk says that when he stretched forth his hand, he revealed the hiding of his power. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 4, if you can post it for me. And his brightness was like the sunlight re-streamed from his right hand. And there in the sun-like splendor was the hiding place of his power. So when God stretches his hand, rays of light come from it. What happens when this God speaks? Psalm. Book of Psalm twenty-nine. Psalm twenty-nine. Let's start from verse one. Psalm twenty-nine. Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty, 
Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, verse 2. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Now remember, I said that whenever you read holiness, it's talking about uncommonness. They said that we are supposed to worship God in the beauty of holiness. Now, so you realize that when we say that worship God in the beauty of his holiness, we are saying that just think about how unique he is. It's not how he does not sin. It's just He's just talking about how unique he is. in holy array the voice of the lord is powerful the voice of the lord is full of majesty verse 5 and 6 is that the voice of the lord breaks the cedars verse uh, verse 6 is that he makes them also to skip like calf the voice of the lord split and and flashes forth forked lightning so when our god stretches forth his hand he reveals the place of the hiding of his power. Streams of light flows from his hands. When our God speaks, the entire universe begins to react. Clouds are skipping, mountains are splitting, waves, the sea waves are roaring. I don't know what else about this God you want to know. I don't know what else about this God you want to know. The angels stand in awe of him. So the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, it says that when I saw the seraph, they were chanting, uncommon, uncommon. Uncommon is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Uncommon, uncommon, uncommon is this God. The way he looks, the way he speaks, the way he moves, the way he dresses, the way he adorns himself. Uncommon, uncommon is the God of the Christian. Uncommon, uncommon, uncommon is the God who is... Uncommon is this God. Uncommon is this God. The Bible says that for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And so when we read Revelation chapter 4, he said that, Worthy are you, O Lord, our God, to receive glory, honor, and power. For you created all things, and because of your will, they existed and were created. Uncommon is this God. Look at the angels. Look at how he even created the angels. Look at how he created the living beings. Look at how he created the cherubim. Look at how he created the seraphim. Look at how he created the orphanage. <laughs> uh, look at how he created the unicorn. Uncommon, uncommon is this God. 
Look at how he created the sun, the moon, the stars. He calls each one by its name. Uncommon, uncommon in this God, in terms of knowledge, in terms of wisdom, in terms of, of, of understanding, uncommon uncommon in this god in terms of creativity in terms of ability to work miracles uncommon uncommon is this god that we have reposed our trust in uncommon uncommon is this god his love for us is uncommon his 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 patience towards us is uncommon his dedication to human life it's uncommon he says that even the young men they do grow weary yes and the young men they do faint but this god he is uncommon in his pursuit of man he is he is uncommon <laughs> he is uncommon he is an uncommon father he is not a father like any father we know no our god is uncommon our god is uncommon lema seva kadia balas first chronicles 29 verse 11 says that yours O lord is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty indeed everything that is in the heavens and the earth yours is the dominion O lord and you exalt yourself as head over all uncommon is this god he is uncommon in appearance <laughs> He dwells in light unapproachable. He is uncommon in appearance. You can't describe whether he is a man, whether he is tall, whether he is big. He is light. Uncommon in appearance. Everywhere present. All-knowing. Knows every thought that each one of us is thinking in this moment right now. Uncommon in this god able to tell us what we will do tomorrow able to tell us what we will do to the latter 10 years from now he can describe and give us date time moment season the people that are around the things that will happen around us 20 years from now and it will be accurate uncommon in this god in insight in revelation (laughs) uncommon who is like our god the god of the christians the god of the jews there is no god there is no god so when you are reading the scripture and you realize that he was first the god of israel and the gods of the other nations where he said they are no god he was trying to tell israel that i am uncommon and by giving myself to you what i'm trying to show you is that i'm trying to prove how unique i am and so when you read exodus chapter 3 he tells moses that i am going to take you into egypt the place where they they claim they have gods gods that have power gods that have creativity gods that have wisdom i'm going to take you into that land and i'm going to judge these gods and i'm going to prove 
that they are no gods who claim to be gods. So on the first day when Moses goes there and he casts down his rod, Janice and Jambras did the same because the gods of the other of the other realms they can do things. But even that one, he swallowed them. <laughs> he swallowed them to know that even though you have powers, if I, if I choose to swallow you, you cannot do anything about it. But after 10 signs and wonders, he proved to them that you cannot match my power. You cannot match my wisdom. You cannot match my understanding. You cannot match oh, the things I can do. That is why I'm described as the matchless God. I'm giving you a reason to know that being a Christian is not a mistake. Your God is not weak. He is uncommon. And this evening, what I've tried to show you through scripture is that uncommon means he's not sick, he's not weakly, he's not feeble, he's not defective. He's, he's, he's not unclean. He is just unique. He is uncommon. That's what the Father is. And you realize that everything that he created, he tried to ensure that they had a significant tail in them to demonstrate that he is uncommon. It's not a mistake. Your God is not weak. Your God is uncommon. So our journey upwards requires that we embrace this uncommonness we should desire to be uncommon as this god why do you want to be like the gods of the other nations who are common it means they are sick they are weakly they are profane they are unclean <laughs> they are powerless they can be matched boot for boot but our god cannot be matched he is the one true unmatched god he's the unique god he's the uncommon god uncommon 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 and he is calling us to an uncommon life hallelujah he is calling us to an uncommon life uncommon destiny uncommon experiences and uncommon encounters that that is what he's doing for us through christ our lord jesus he's calling us to an uncommon journey upward and my prayer is that you and i we will allow ourselves to embrace this uncommon god as he is embrace him trust him trust this god i'm going to end with isaiah chapter 6 you start reading from verse 2. Let, let, i'm going to read deuteronomy 33 verse 26 then we read isaiah chapter 6. there is light none like the god of yeshron who writes the heavens to your help and through the skies in his majesty deuteronomy chapter 
33 verse 26. There is none like the God of Yeshurun who rides the heavens to your help and through the skies in his majesty. And let's go to Isaiah chapter 6, starting to read from verse 2. Take me deeper than my feet. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. Two covered their face, two covered their feet, two covered with two they flew. Yes, let's go on. And one cried and to another and said, Uncommon, uncommon, uncommon is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Just the verse 5. Then said I, who is me, for I am undone and ruined, because I am a man of clean lips. You see, he said that what I am, I am a common man. I am a common man, and I dwell in the midst of a common people. But my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one flew to me, the seraph, having a live coal in his honey. He took tongues from the altar. He touched my lips and said that now you have been made uncommon. Now you have been made uncommon. Now you have been made uncommon. Beloved, now we have been made uncommon because we have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord has conferred uncommonness on us. He has placed his seal of uncommonness upon us. He has declared us uncommon. What it means is that he has declared us holy. Why are you struggling to live a holy life when you are holy? You are already holy. It's the seal of uncommonness. Why are you trying to be common? Why are you trying to live a profane life? Why are you struggling so hard to be common? When God sees that I have made you uncommon, why do you why are you fighting so hard to live an ordinary life? Everything uncommon is not ordinary. Is extraordinary. That is why it is called uncommon. It is precious. It is valuable. That is what he has made you and I. Why are we struggling? To, why do we want to become common? God says, I'm making you diamonds. He says, I want to be like Gary. Why do you want to be like Gary? You are uncommon. This evening, my prayer for you and I is that we will see how 
uncommon our God is. In terms of power, he is uncommon. In terms of wisdom, he is uncommon. In terms of understanding, he is uncommon. In terms of dominion, he is uncommon. In terms of majesty, he is uncommon. In terms of wealth, he is uncommon. Have you ever known a person who has built a house and has used precious minerals to build 12 foundations? Ah. Hmm. He is an uncommon architect. This God, you don't believe me or you believe me. Everything that he does is uncommon. Everything that everything that he does is unique. It's it's amazing. It's it's superior. He is the only God that can build a city. <laughs> Revelation 21 says that and I saw a new heaven, I saw a new earth. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of the heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Ah, <laughs> uh, my goodness. What a God. When you read Revelation 20, 21, verse 9 downwards, it says this. Then came one of the seven angels who had seven bowls full of the seven last plagues, spoke unto me, said, Come and I'll show you the wife of the Lamb. He carried me away to a great mountain and showed me the holy city, having the glory of God, its radiance like the most uncommon jewel most gradual like a jasper clear as crystal it had a great high wall with 12 gates and the gate and at the gate 12 angels and on the gate the names of the 12 tribes of israel then he goes on to say in verse 14, And the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the 12 names of the apostles. Huh. Uh. He said that the wall, verse 18, says that the wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold like clear glass have you seen gold as clear as glass before gold as clear as glass only an uncommon god can build an uncommon city an uncommon habitation with uncommon people Beloved, this evening, this is the message I'm bringing to you in phase two. Embrace the uncommon. Embrace the God who created the heavens and the earth. 
the God that can function in the heaven, in the earth, underneath the earth, and in the seas, in the forest, and in the dead. He can function everywhere. Trust this God. Believe this God. Live for this God. Surrender your life to this God. Surrender your hope to this God. He will make you what he is. That is his dream. To make you what he is. He said that be ye perfect as I am perfect. His perfection speaks of his uncommonness. So if he is saying that be ye perfect as I am perfect. Then say that technically become uncommon because I am uncommon. And I will make you uncommon if you will allow me to make you uncommon. He he can make you uncommon in your family. He can make you uncommon in your city. He can make you uncommon in your nation. He can make you uncommon in the organization that you work in. He can make you uncommon in the continent. He can make you uncommon in the world. And your uncommonness will be known by all. Yes, it will be known by all. Because that's what he is. This evening I pray for you. I pray that the grace of God that surpasses all understanding will be your portion. I pray that you will, you will see and understand this uncommon God. The reason why he is the way he is. The reason why he hates commonness. The reason why he hates being ordinary. You see, the reason he's saying all these things that we are reading in the Old Testament. Don't come to me if you have done this. Don't come to me if you have done that. Don't, don't approach me if you are like this. It's, it's all just trying to communicate to us that he is uncommon and even our approach to him should be uncommon. He doesn't want to be treated like the guy in the next room. No. He wants to be treated special. Will you create a special place for him in your life this evening? Will you open up your heart and allow him to be your uncommon father, your uncommon lover, your uncommon friend, your uncommon guide, your uncommon help, your uncommon supplier? You see, I believe that Jesus understood this about his father. That is why, that is why, you know, Jesus could say something like, Andrew feed them and he said that even he says that and Bible says he said this knowing what he would do. So he took the bread and the fish, looking up to heaven. He said, I right, thank you, Father. <laughs> you are I, I know you are uncommon and you, you like it when I, I bring things to you and I ask you to make it uncommon. This this is just a common bread and fish, but I am presenting it to you, make it uncommon. Then all of a sudden Five loaves and two fish fed 5,000 people. An uncommon result. <laughs> oh, Jesus, go and pay your tithe. Oh, there's Peter, go cast your net in the fish. Catch that fish. Open that fish, man. <laughs> my, my father is an uncommon God. He, he, he has an ATM in the mouth of the face. Go, go and make a withdrawal with your hook. <laughs> we see Jesus so confident wherever he is. 
You see, Jesus so confident wherever he went because he knew that his father loved to show off his uncommonness, to give eyes to the blind, to cause the lame to walk, to make the deaf hear, to raise the dead back to life. It is just something that he is and he loves to do this. And he's calling us to this life. Will you believe in him and will you make room in your life for him? Embrace this uncommon God. His love is uncommon. Embrace it. I know you don't understand it. It's strange. It's so simplistic. Just believe and all your sins are forgiven. Just believe. You, you don't have to confess the sins you did. Sin. Confess the sins you, you have committed. Sins you could remember how you, you broke your mother's glass when you were three years old. And how you went to steal her one peswa in her past when you were four years old. He says that they don't confess all those things. Just, just believe that I'm uncommon in you. You want to pledge your allegiance to me. You want to live for me. And open up your heart. And I will come and make an uncommon home in you. And I will bring my uncommonness, my holiness into you. And I will make everything about you uncommon. Your marriage will be uncommon. Your children will be uncommon. Your finances will be uncommon. Your health will be uncommon. Your understanding will be uncommon. Your speech will be uncommon. Your result will be uncommon. Your impact will be uncommon. Yes, everything about your life will be uncommon. Uh, you don't understand. I am prophesying. And if you accept it, your bones will be uncommon. Whilst everybody's bones, they, they grow, as they grow, it becomes with your own. As they grow, they become stronger. <laughs> as everybody's skin, as they grow, it wrinkles up. As for you, when yours grows, it stretches out and it becomes nicer. Because you believe in an uncommon God who does uncommon things. When men have been denied, you go and you are accepted because you believe in an uncommon God and He grants you uncommon access. That is what He is doing in your life. You have been trying to fast. You are trying to pray, you are trying to do a quandre to cast away some demon who does not want to go. But God is saying that just open the door and let me enter in my uncommon nature. And the Bible says that when they saw Jesus coming from afar, they began to say, Jesus, Son of God, have you come to destroy us before our time? Imagine the Father himself coming to that place, even if they were afraid of Jesus. How much more this uncommon father, when you open up your family for him, when you open up your relationship for him, when you open up your destiny for him, when you open up your work for him, when you open up your business for him, when you open the doors to the lives of your children for him, when you open up your finances for him, when you open up your mind for him, when you open up your heart for him, when you open up your spirit for him, when you open up your soul for him when you open up your body for him imagine that the king of glory enters 
lift up your heads o ye gates and be ye lifted up ye ancient doors let the king of glory enter who is this king of glory he is the lord strong and mighty kabusata what principality will not bow when this uncommon god enters what principality will not flee when this god speaks into your life and says be free this evening i prophesy in the name of this uncommon god be free be free of every shackle of every chain be free of every oppression of every disease be free in the name of this uncommon god be free be free be healed be made whole be blessed be made strong be 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 enriched (laughs) god bless you for listening maranatha the lord comes